All right. Are you ready for God's word? Uh, we're talking about hearing God. So we're in a series just simply called Hearing God. And I think it's probably one of the most important things that we can talk about. Um, I mean, ultimately, this is not, we're not talking about a luxury. Um, we're talking about something that is really necessity. Um, we need to hear the voice of God. And, and I just want to say this, you can hear the voice of God. Uh, we did a recap last Wednesday. It's probably still on Facebook, but I talked about some qualifications. This, it's bonus material. It, it may end up in a message. It may not, but it's qualifications to hear God. And you're qualified to hear God. And I talked about that. But uh, this week, as we talk about hearing God, I want to come at it from a little bit different angle even than last week. And I want to talk about some ways that God speaks. And uh, so if, if you have a Bible, hopefully you do, um, and hopefully you have a notepad, uh, we're going to take some notes. But if you want to turn to John chapter 15 and then John chapter 16, John chapter 15 and John chapter 16, and um, John if you understand the book of John, John 13 is where Jesus is, it kind of starts the, they're in Jerusalem, it's the last supper, Jesus washes the disciples' feet in John 13. And then John 14 through 17 is kind of known as Jesus' farewell discourse. And so this is all the things that he wants to say before he knows he's going to be arrested and tried and crucified and, and um, put in the tomb and then, of course, obviously resurrected. But, um, and so these are, I always say these got to be, it's got to be, not that anything, not that Jesus would ever say anything that wasn't important. But if, if this is like the last supper and he's talking, then, then to me, I'm like, wow, this is everything he needs to make sure that they know before he leaves them. And so John 15, I'm going to read one verse there and I'm going to jump to John 16. But John 15, verse 15 says, no longer do I call you. Now, just, I want you to read. I know you've, I know, I know. Read the Bible like you don't know it. Okay. I know you know this verse, but just read it like you don't know it. I no longer call you servants for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, right? I don't call you servants. I call you friends for all that I have heard from my father. I have made known to you. I don't call you servants. I call you friends. And all that I've heard from my father. Now that word made known actually means to tell, right? So he's saying all that I have heard from my father, I've told you or I'm telling you. And, and when I read that verse, um, and, and we all know it, I, I think it's, first of all, it's incredible because you got to look at the fact that so many people are relating to Jesus as a servant and Jesus is a paradigm shift. I don't want you to relate to me as servants. Now, yes, obviously we serve the Lord, but I don't want you to relate to me as servants. Look, he gives us a different, a different relationship, a different category of relationship, a closer relationship. He said, I don't want you to be servants. That's kind of distant. That's very transactional. I, I want to call you friends. You're my friend. That's very relational. That's close. That's intimate. So I want you to understand the invitation, the way that Jesus is approaching his relationship with you. Please hear me. Oh, this is so good. You may be approaching your relationship with Jesus as a servant, and Jesus is trying to approach his relationship with you as a friend. And, and we need to get on the same page to say, no, I, I, I'm a friend of God, right? I, I, he has called me friends, right? I'm his friend and he's going to relate to me as a friend. Then I thought about the verse 
Because when, when you look at the verse, I thought, well, this, I kind of have, I don't know if you've ever read the Bible, but, and, and had these thoughts, but I have these thoughts like, well, this ought to be, this would be nice. Like, it'd be so nice if there was a person who could tell me, hey, I've heard everything from God and here's what it is. Like, wouldn't that be great? Like, if I had a friend, if I had a friend that was like mutual friends with God and, and he could tell me, hey, I've been talking to God and God's told me everything and now I'm gonna tell you everything. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be amazing? Like, who would take that deal? Like, raise your hand in your hand. You know, you'd take that deal. Like, in your, in your house, raise your hand in your hand. You can't really raise your hand in your hand because no one even knows what that means. But you can raise your hand where you are in your house. Raise your hand. Yes, I would love to have that deal. I'd love to have a mutual friend who would tell me what God has already said. Now look at John 16, 12, because that was obviously a setup for what I'm about to read. I still have many things to tell you, but you can't bear them now. Verse 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Now, how is the Holy Spirit going to guide me into all truth? For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare it, that is, speak to you the things that are to come. Verse 14, he will glorify me for he will take what is mine and declare it to you or tell you or speak to you about it. All that the father has is mine. Therefore, I said he will take what is mine and declare to you. Now, time out. Okay, you got to see this. Did you just see what you just read? Now, again, you got to read the Bible like you never read the Bible. Okay, um, because when you read the Bible like you already know what it says, you, you only get what you knew yesterday. But when you read the Bible like you don't know what it says, the Holy Spirit can show you something you've never seen. Remember, the Bible is like an ocean and you can skim the cross the, across the top of it or you can dive as deep as you want to go. Right. And so so do you see what he just said? He said he said when the Holy Spirit, he's going to guide you. Now, how's he going to guide you? He's going to speak to you. Now, what is he going to speak to you about? Jesus said he's going to take everything that is mine. Everything that the Father has is mine. This is why you got to hear This is why it's not a luxury. Everything that the Father has is mine. He's going to speak it to you. Everything the Father has is mine. And, and he's going to declare it to, to you. Oh. Think about this. When the Holy Spirit speaks, he transfers resources. See, uh, if you're a Westerner, like most of the people watching today, um, the Holy Spirit doesn't speak, God doesn't speak English. Now, I know as Westerners, we think everyone speaks English, right? They either speak English or they speak, you know, East Texan or maybe some Spanglish. But, but God speaks a language of reality, when, when God speaks, he creates reality. Let there be light. Now see, if I say let there be light, nothing in here changed. Why? Because my words are symbols of reality. God's words are reality. That's why he holds everything together by the word of his power. That's why no word can return void, but it accomplished this thing for which it was sent. Because when God speaks, he brings into being a reality. So now, look at, the, look at what, shh, 
this is like, this, this is good. Okay, please hear this. So the reason I need to hear God is when the Holy Spirit speaks, is what Jesus said. Everything the Father has is mine. And when the Holy Spirit speaks, he's going to take what is mine and make it reality for you. Like, is, I mean, I think we should just go home right now. That is the best thing I can tell you today, right? No, don't turn it off because I really do have some good things. But, but, but do you see what he said? Like God speaks a language of reality. And when he speaks, he creates. And he's not just putting symbols out there. But when God speaks, if, if he says pizza, it won't be a thought about a pizza. There'll be a three meat pizza right here because he speaks reality. So Jesus, here's what he's saying. Everything the Father has is mine. And this is why the Holy Spirit speaks to you because he's going to take what is mine and by speaking to you, transfer to you so that you understand you have everything that I have. You have everything that I have. So he needs to talk to you so you know what you have. Do you see that? And so here's what Jesus said. He's like, I call you friends and I may be leaving, but I'm going to give you another friend. And the friend is going to talk to you about who you are and what you have. And he's your friend. All right. So I, I got to give you my title and then we got to go on because that is just, that's so good. Um, so I call this message. I had to jump into Toy Story for this message. Um, I did. Uh, you got a friend in me. You got a friend in me. That's what I call this message. Um, let, let's pray. Um, God, thank you so much for the Holy Spirit. Thank you so much, God, that you call us friends. So today we have a meeting of friends. God, help us to hear the voice of a friend. God, speak to us and transform us by your words and bring life to us through the power of your words. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. I don't call you servants, I call you friends. And, and I may have to go, but I'm gonna give you a friend. A friend. And so now this is talking about, when we're talking about hearing God, we're talking about something that is, is relational and individual. Like he, he defines the, the relationship through which we have fellowship or communion or through which we hear God, not as servants. He's not barking orders at us. He's having conversations like a friend. And, and as friends, he is, I don't know about you, but most of us have more than one friend. I've got several friends. Hopefully you have several friends. I don't always talk to all my friends the same way because when you relate to a friend, you relate to them individually. You don't have a category of relationship called friend. When you relate to a friend, they are an individual friend. Like I have some friends, they text me and their texts are like way long. And I don't, I don't believe in long texts. I'm still a little bit old school. And if I got to text you more than one or two sentences or more than an emoji or a thumbs up, I'm going to call you because I would rather talk to you than, than sit here and text you a book with my thumbs. Right. And, and but I got some that they just they just text and, just, and I'm like, well, how long did it take you, bro? With the, you know, and then I've got other friends that are a little bit more like me. That, in fact, they text less than me. They, they just send me. I, I hardly get anything other than an, an emoji. You know, <laughs> that's, all I, that's all I get from 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 them. And 
But, but here's the thing, no matter which friend it is, I can tell you the truth, and, and you probably know this too, this is reality. You don't, you don't relate to all your friends the same way. You, you learn them individually. You have individual jokes and individual little quibs and phrases and stories and just the way that you relate to them. And, and so here is what Jesus said, John 15, John 16, I'm going to relate to you. And this is what I want to talk about today. I want to relate to you as a friend. And so I want to talk about the ways God speaks. Uh, and I'm really going to focus on four. Now, there are a lot of ways God speaks. Some people say God speaks 12 ways, some people seven ways, some people eight, some people 10, some people nine. Um, there's a lot of ways that God speaks. And, and so let me give four ways that God speaks that I'm not going to talk about today other than just to reference them because I think they're important. Um, number one, God can speak through dreams. So he can give us dreams because he's trying to communicate with us. Like the wise men were warned in a dream not to go to Herod, right? So you see that in the Bible. Uh, visions, just like Peter had this vision of all the this meat. Praise God. It was a barbecue. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, and it was all this meat. And, and God said, take and eat. And he was trying to talk to, to Peter about ministering to Gentiles, but it was a vision. Uh, signs. One of the most famous is Gideon's fleece, where he took, you know, a lamb's fleece and laid it out. And he said, God, if you're speaking to me, then, you know, let the ground be wet and the fleece be dry. And then the next morning he said, okay, this time let the fleece, the fleece be wet and the ground be dry. <laughs> and so he, he wanted a sign from God. Um, and I don't, by the way, I don't think there's anything wrong with asking God. You know, some people say, well, fleecing God means you don't have faith. I don't, I don't necessarily believe that. I think God knows your heart. And if you're trying to hear from God, there's nothing wrong with asking God to confirm. And that's what the fleece was. Please hear that. That's what the fleece was. It was a confirmation of what God was already speaking. I don't think there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And, and then there, in the Bible, angels can actually bring messages to us. I mean, you see this, gosh, with, with Abraham, Joshua, Daniel, Mary, Gabriel, right, comes to Mary, behold, you're going to have a child. So there are ways God speaks. But today I want to I really contextualize the way God speaks. And I want you to really take this into your heart, that God speaks as a friend. He's your friend. He's your friend, right? And, and I want to put it in that context because that's what Jesus is telling us. And so four things really quickly, write these down. Number one, he texts us <laughs> his text, right? If you have a friend nowadays, you get texts from everybody and, and God also can text you. In fact, he's got a whole book full of texts and this is one of the ways that we can hear God is by reading his text messages to us. You see what I did there? That was pretty smart. I don't feel like you're giving me enough credit, but it was clever. Um, but we have a whole book called the Bible of God's text messages to us. And this is, listen, this is a way that we hear from God. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. Another reason, why do I need to hear God? That's how faith comes. But how do I hear God? By the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. This is what you need to understand is that, and I, when, when I talk about reading the Bible, you have to understand, I believe in spiritual disciplines, but reading the Bible is not a spiritual discipline. It's a spiritual lifeline. Because the Bible actually teaches me to hear God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. The Bible actually, there, listen, there are so many times when God is speaking to me, it sounds like the Bible. 
And I don't mean the King James, thus saith the Lord God of Almighty, who sitteth on the throne. No, I don't, I don't mean that. I mean, it sounds like a verse that I know. Uh, like the other day, I was doing just like, hopefully you have your prayer journal. Hopefully every day you're meeting with God and trying to write down what he says. But just this last week, uh, obviously very difficult season in my life. And, and I was sitting there, I was praying that morning. Milo and I were having a quiet time because um, he's not a morning pup. So he just sleeps mostly while I have my quiet time. Um, but we're having a quiet time and God just began to speak. I began to write things down. And then I just heard this phrase, he'll give you beauty for ashes. He'll give you joy for mourning. And I knew in that minute, I just knew in that moment, I know now, God, you're speaking to me because that's your word. That's the kind of thing that you'll say. See, I need to know the types of things that God says. If I want to know his voice, I need to understand his language. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? And I need to understand the types of things that he will say. And so many times, like when we're getting ready to, to, to build the building, God gave me a word from Isaiah that I will uphold you in, in my righteous right arm. I never forget that. And then he confirmed it because it's also in Psalms. And I knew that that in itself is a great scripture, but I knew what God was saying. He's like, don't be afraid. I'm going to take care of this. And I can't tell you how many times I go out to the land and pray like, God, you got to do this. And every time I hear God saying, I will uphold you in my righteous right don't be afraid I am with you and and it brings peace to me because I know that's God speaking because I know what his word says and when people tell me you know I'm struggling to hear the voice of God listen humbly and sincerely let me ask you are you spending time in his word are you spending time in the word of God? Because the word of God awakens my, my interaction with the Bible, awakens my spiritual faculties to hear the voice of God. I have, according to the Bible, spiritual eyes and I have spiritual ears. And my interaction with the word of God opens my ears to hear the voice of God. And so it's so critical and crucial if you want to hear God that, that you read the word of God. Now, I'm not talking about some people do. I call it a word of God roulette um, where they just flip through the Bible and then they point and then they read, you know, what, whatever it is. I mean, because there's too many bad. I remember one, one guy was flipping through the Bible and he was in, you know, uh, oil and gas or cattle. I shouldn't say oil and gas right now because that's a mess. And and flipped through the Bible and said, God, I need a word. He pointed and it said, you know, chapter 11. <laughs> it's bankruptcy. Anyways, all right, so, um, you know, one guy was trying to make a decision, you know, and he's like, open the Bible, he puts his finger, and it's where Jesus, Judas went and hanged himself. I mean, this is not the way that you make decisions. But reading the Bible every day and getting the word of God inside of you every day, learning his language and the types of things that he says and what it sounds like for him to speak opens and awakens my soul to hear his voice. I can understand his, his texts teach me his voice. Are you with me? Second thing, write this down. Second thing, um, his friends, his friends, I'll be there for you when the rain starts. To... Anyways, his friends, um, it isn't true that all of us, you know, we have like mutual friends with a friend. Like, so, so here's, you know, here's John and, and John's a friend, but we also have a mutual friend named Mike. And, and isn't this kind of a normal thing? Sometimes I might run into Mike and Mike say, hey, you know, Marty, I was just with John. And John wanted me to tell you this. Now, that's not strange, is it? That's not really strange. That's a mutual friend. 
Well, God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit has mutual friends too. And one of the ways we can hear from him is through a mutual friend. Now we have a word for this in the Bible that sometimes causes confusion and sometimes can intimidate people because the word is prophecy, right? Yeah, they'll get your purse. All right, prophecy, one of them churches. Get the snakes out next in the streamers. Um, no, all the purse emojis right now are in the comments. But, um, but no, but, but prophecy, listen, this is what prophecy is. It's when God speaks to a mutual friend to tell you something. Now, I think one of the reasons that people have a problem with prophecy is the way it's been done. So let me help all of our pathway people. When giving a word of prophecy or just a word from God to someone else, remember, the word is what's important, not the style of delivery. The word is what's anointed, not the delivery method. Here's what I mean by that. Because I grew up around some people that would get a word and they just couldn't come tell you the word. They had to like, look at you. And an organ had to play. You know, now, and now it's like a scene from Tales from the Crypts. And then they would just look at you and say, Thus says the Lord God. Well, you, you know, here's the thing. If you scare someone to death, they're not going to listen to the word. So remember, the means of delivery is not what is of value. It is the word. What, what if you just did it this way? In fact, I did this this, this week. Um, a man in our church was having a, a procedure, and I knew a, the day he was having the procedure. And I was driving, and, um, and all of a sudden, I, I just felt... a. I would say, impressed or a burden. He just came to my mind, and I knew he was in a procedure, and I, and I just started praying. God, I just pray for this procedure, that it would be successful, that it would relieve pain, that you know this would be a change. And as I prayed for him, I felt all of a sudden, just felt the Holy Spirit speak. And he just said, I'm going to heal him because I have more ministry for him to do, and this is a hindrance to ministry. And then immediately I heard Psalm 103, the Lord who forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases, who redeems me from death and renews my youth like the eagle. And I just felt like I need to pray that over him. And so later I text him and I said, how, how did it go? And he was giving me the update. And I said, hey, listen, again, I didn't do a video with an organ and some streamers and, a you know, you know, I, I just said, hey, I felt impressed by the Holy Spirit that this is what God was saying. And this is what I felt like I needed to pray. And he immediately texts back. He said, I got another scripture from someone else that's similar. And he sent that to me. I, I believe it's a word from God. I'm going to receive it by faith. You see, it, prophecy doesn't have to be. In fact, um, prophecy, it, it, it can be very s simple. And, and here's what I'd say. Anyone can. In fact, if you read 1 Corinthians 14, now think about this. Paul says, Paul says that everyone can prophesy. Why? Because we all have the same spirit, the Holy Spirit. Everyone can prophesy. And then he said this, everyone should desire that they prophesy. Now, here's a question for you. Why would God, if you're sitting there thinking, well, I don't think God wants to speak to me, then why would God tell you, I want to give you messages to tell other people if God didn't intend to give you the message. In other words, if he didn't speak to you, he wouldn't, he wouldn't tell you to desire to be a messenger for him. Does that make, does that make sense? So, so just this text alone reveals God's heart 
to you. And then, and then some people will say, well, what kind, yeah, leave that scripture. What kind of, of, of things would God, would God say? Well, 1 Corinthians 14, 3 says, one who prophesies, look at this, strengthens, encourages, and comforts. How do I know it's God? Well, did, did it bring strength? Did it bring comfort? Did it encourage or put courage in the person? How do I know? See, sometimes I think people will tell me, you know, God just told me, and, and then they'll follow it up with, you got to get your act together. You're just going to be a failure, you know, or something, something crazy. They're like, that's not the voice of God. That's not how he sounds. How do I know that? Well, because if God gives messages and he wants those messages to be strengthening and encouraging and comforting, then what are the types of things that God says? He says things that encourage, not discourage, that strengthen, not tear down, that comfort, not take away peace. That tells me how God speaks. So, so through his friends, one way that he speaks is prophecy. A second way that he speaks through his friends is what we call counsel or godly counsel. Um, Proverbs eleven fourteen says, where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. One, one version implies wisdom. Um, where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. And so now let me explain the difference. There's messages that come from God, right? And then there can be people in your life that you receive counsel from. Now, let me give you some qualifications for these people. <laughs> um, if they're not believers, you might want to check whether they really need to counsel you. Does that make sense? If they're not successful in their relationship with God and bearing fruit in their relationship with God, I've just seen a lot of Christians say, you know, I was talking to my friend and they said, this is what I should do in my relationships or whatever else. And I'm like, tell me about your friend. Are they, are they a believer? No, I don't know if they know the Lord. I'm like, hey, you know, I don't know that that's the best people to receive counsel from. But you need people in your life that are biblically sound, like I have a host of people that are biblically sound, they know the word of God, that I talk to about decisions and listen to their counsel. Now, let me give you another qualification for receiving counsel. And I'll tell you, this is one I've made a mistake on. This is the difference between 20-something-year-old me and 40-year-old me. Um, because when we go to seek counsel, we need to be careful that we're really seeking counsel to find the will of God and not just trying to get someone to justify our will. Uh, and I, get, I got a story on this one. I remember early in my 20s, I, I wanted to be in business, and I had this opportunity. This person presented, and it looked so good. And, and here's the truth. I just wanted to do it. And I prayed about it, but I just wanted to do it. And I had counselors around me that if I would have really gone to them and said, hey, you know this person, da-da-da-da-da, would, would, would you recommend this? then they probably would have said, no, I don't think that's a good deal. But instead, I wanted to do it so badly that although I prayed, I sought counsel from people who basically would kind of just rubber stamp what I wanted to do. And I can tell you that was a very costly decision. And so now 40-year-old me, when I go to receive counsel, I find people that love me enough to disagree with me 
and that love me enough to really give me counsel and I lay it before him with an open hand and say, what do you say about this? And I don't try to jade it one way or shift it another way or contextualize it because I really want godly counsel. I want to, I want to find God's will, not justify my will. So God speaks through his friends. Here's the, here's the third thing. He speaks through his presence, right? He speaks through his presence. I mean, sometimes all a friend needs to do is be there. Just like the song, friends, I'll be there for you when the rain starts to fall, right? So sometimes friends can communicate so much just through their presence and this is the way God is too, but we would call his presence, his peace, because I'll tell you something, you cannot separate the presence of God and the peace of God. If God is present, it is peaceful. It, it can be a storm on the Sea of Galilee but, Galilee, but if Jesus is present, it's peaceful. And so one of the ways that God speaks to us is with his presence or with his peace. Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. It says, since we're all members of one body, we're called to peace, be thankful, but let the peace of God. Now look, I think there's two key words in that, that first phrase. Let the peace of God rule your hearts. The first one is let. In other words, you have to allow God's peace. You have to be open to God's guidance, to God's directives. You, you have to be willing to be a follower, to follow the peace of God, to, to sit in, to dwell in, to pursue to prioritize the peace of God. But then I like it says, let the peace of God. So allow God's peace. In other words, God's trying to lead you with peace. You have to allow it. Allow God's peace or allow the peace of Christ to rule. That word rule actually in the Greek is the word we get the word umpire from. Referee. In other words, he's saying, let the, let the peace of God tell you if it's a ball or a strike. Let the peace of God tell you if it's foul or if it's fair. Let, let the peace of God determine what's in bounds and what's out of bounds. Because I've found in my life, and this is one of the way God, God leads, but I've found in my life that, and I think this is one thing, because I don't, I don't know if you're analytical, but I can be analytical. And so many times when I'm trying to make a decision, I need pros and cons, and, and I need to run the analytics, and I need to try to write it out, and, and okay, here's why I should, here's why I shouldn't, here's why I should, here's why I shouldn't. And what I realize is I'm a spiritual person. I'm a spiritual being having a temporary physical experience. Contrary to some people think we're physical beings and someday we'll have a spiritual experience. No, no, we're, we're alive by the spirit of God. We are spiritual beings. That's why we're eternal, because we're spirit. We're spiritual beings having a temporary experience. And as such, I don't need to justify a, an action by my analytical capacity. If it's not peaceful, I must be out of bounds. It's just that simple. And I think sometimes we get stuck trying to make this make sense or make that make sense and trying to rationalize our decisions and explain things when the truth of, the truth of it is that God guides us by his peace. And if I'm in bounds, there's peace. And when I get out of bounds, there isn't peace. And, and I just need to discern that by the spirit and not by what makes sense. Are, are, are you understanding what I'm saying? So God guides by his by his presence. Here, here's the, the fourth thing. And this is the one everybody's probably waiting for, his voice. His voice. How do I hear the voice of God? How do I know the voice of God? First Kings chapter 19 kind of tells this story about Elijah who was on the run. 
and um, and he ends up kind of out in the in the wilderness <laughs> in a way. Um, and First Kings. 19:11 says, then he said, this is God speaking to him because he's in a cave and God said, I want to talk to you. And so God said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord and it says, and behold, the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks into pieces before the Lord. But the Lord wasn't in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. (laughs) Earth, wind, and fire. But after (laughs) the fire, look at this, a still, small voice. And when when Elijah heard that voice, he fell down. He's like, this is God. This is God. And, And isn't it true? I mean, when we want to hear God, there's a lot of truth in this. Because most of us want the earth, the wind, and the fire. We, we, want, we want the tornado. We want the wind. We want the earthquake. Um, but, but remember, God speaks to us as a friend. And, and here, the voice of God, it was a still, small voice. Let me say, let me, let me give you another interpretation, understanding of this Hebrew word. It was a whisper. So there's this loud crash, bang, boom, earthquake. And none of that was the voice of God. It was a whisper. And I don't know about you. I've had several people, and I've felt this way too, when we're trying to hear God's voice. We're like, why won't God just scream at me? Well, I think it's about proximity. Because God is a friend who is close to you. In fact, he's a friend that is closer than a brother. And when you're close to someone, volume is offensive. And so if I had my friends standing right here and we were having a conversation, I wouldn't say, hey, uh, did you see the draft on the NFL? Because he would look at me like you've lost your freaking mind, man. Like, what is your problem? Why? Because we're friends and we're close. And when you have a close relationship with a friend, you don't communicate through yelling soften your voice. Why? Because they know it. And most of the time, I think people hear from God more than you think you hear from God. But I think you're looking for an external intrusion until instead of an internal witness. You're looking for something offensive to being shouted at you from the outside instead of knowing God's voice, his spirit. See, we, we communicate with God. Remember, not, not vocal cord to eardrum. We communicate with God spirit to spirit. Spirit to spirit. His spirit bears witness with my spirit that I'm the son of God. And I want you to understand, I think you hear from God probably more than you think you do. But if we're all the time looking and expecting this external bombardment of an earthquake or a hurricane, right, or fire, or something, we're, we're missing it because God's voice is in here. And God speaks spirit to spirit. And he's a friend And you know what the voice of a friend means? That it's familiar. 
I think when you hear God, it sounds like a familiar voice. I think it sounds like somebody that loves me, somebody that really cares for me, somebody that's not shouting at me or yelling or causing earthquakes. I think it's just somebody that's like, hey, hey. So many times when God's speaking to me, I, I wish, you know, it's an audible voice. People, I want to hear an audible voice. There was one time in my life where I think maybe it was so clear and resounded so intensely that I thought it was audible, but I don't think anybody else heard it. But there's like one of those. <laughs> Most of the time, it sounds like, I think what Elijah experienced here, hey, psst, hey, Marty, I'm with you. I love you. I'll hold you. I'll bear you up. I'll be with you. Don't be afraid. I've got this. I, I, I just can't tell you how many times that that's, that's what I've heard. And, and having said that, when you look at John 60, he's spirit to spirit. That means that many times when I hear God, it's, it's really through the Holy Spirit. He will take what is mine and declare it to you. And, and I think if you really want to hear God, now here's some secret sauce. If you really want to hear God, you need to be comfortable with a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And I know some people, I mean, there you go, Ethel, get your purse. He's talking about the, um, I know some people, maybe you're raised in a way to say, you know, the Holy Spirit makes you do weird things. No, the Holy Spirit, this is what Jesus said, he's going to take what is mine and he's going to declare it to you so that there's a, a transfer of inheritance. That doesn't sound like it's a weird person. That sounds like it's a great friend. Are, are you with me? And, and I love this verse um, in, in Acts 13 too, because it says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, look at this, the Holy Spirit said. Man, I think sometimes the Holy Spirit gets a really bad reputation with some church people. But look at this. This is the, the New Testament church and the Holy Spirit's going to speak to them about two disciples, Paul and Barnabas, that need to be set aside and sent out to do ministry. But look what it says the Holy Spirit said. Do you understand the Holy Spirit speaks and it sounds just like God because he is God and he is with us. Where's God? God's on the throne. Where's Jesus seated next to God? Where's the Holy Spirit? He is with you and will be in you according to Jesus. And if I'm going to hear God, I need to be comfortable with the voice of the Holy Spirit because God speaks spirit to spirit. Look at this verse, 2 Corinthians. I love this verse. 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14. I love it. It says, look at this. It's like the, 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 the major characteristic and function of, of the Trinity. It's like one of the best descriptions of the Trinity in the Bible, in my opinion. It's, look at this. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is grace. Right? He is grace. And the love of God. God is love. But look at this. And the fellowship or friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. That's what they mean. Uh, this is what he's saying. Jesus, he is grace. By grace you have been saved. Right? God is love. Right? We know that. Right? But then he said, the Holy Spirit, he's your friend. Jesus is grace. God is love. The Holy Spirit is your friend. And when you're learning to hear the voice of God, so many times it comes through the Holy Spirit, spirit to spirit. And I need to be comfortable with friendship with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he's my friend that's going to take everything that Jesus has from the Father and he's going to whisper it 
to me. Here's what Jesus is telling his disciples. You have a friend in me. And here's what the Holy Spirit is telling you. You have a friend in me. Isn't that good? God is your friend. And he's given you a friend to speak to you everything that God wants you to have. You've got a friend in me. Can I pray for us where you're at? Bow your head with me. Father, thank you so much for your word. God, for your grace and goodness, for your love. God, thank you that you're a friend. That's how you relate to us as friends. God, thank you so much. God, that you, you want to be heard. That you want us to know you and you want us to hear you. God, I pray for people today that maybe they'd take that step and just say, you know, I don't never really thought about the Holy Spirit, but today maybe just that acknowledgement, say, Holy Spirit, thank you for being my friend. Thank you for being with me. I want, I want to acknowledge you. I want to hear your voice. Holy Spirit, you're God, and I don't want to discount or discredit. I want to hear. God, we, we are sheep, and we want to hear your voice. God, you're a shepherd, and you want us to know your voice. It's a match made in heaven, God. Help us to hear you. I want you to take a moment and ask God what he's speaking to you where you're at. Just where you're at, take a moment. Say, God, what are you, what are you saying to me today? Get your prayer journal out maybe and say, God, I want to hear you. Give me a word today. And then just start writing down whatever you feel. Just, it's okay. Just write it down. And while you're doing that, if there's anyone today that's joining us and you don't have a relationship with God, not even just the Holy Spirit, but you don't have a relationship with God. You don't know God. You don't know his voice. You've never... Maybe, maybe you've served religion as a servant, but you didn't know you're a friend. And right now there's something in you. It's the Holy Spirit. He's kind of knocking. He's saying, hey, I'd like to have a relationship with you. It's God. He's saying, hey, I'd, I'd like to have a relationship with you. If you want to do that, I'd love to pray with you where you're at. It's simple prayer, just declaration of faith, expression of desire, just to say, God, I love you. I believe you sent Jesus Christ for me. He died and rose again so I could be free, so I could be forgiven, so I could be a new creation. God, I pray that you would fill my life with your spirit. I receive you as Lord and Savior and I commit my life to follow you, my friend, for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. And if you pray that prayer, I, I want to encourage you to text CONNECT to the number on your screen. CONNECT to 903-331-0559. I want you to te text CONNECT and get that, get that card and let us know you made that decision. And then, Or you can text PRAYER. You can do both or either, but text PRAYER. In fact, if you're, any, if you're out there today, anyone who is there and you need someone to agree with you in prayer about anything, we have people standing by, 903-331-0559. Just text prayer. They'll send you a form. They'll connect you with someone. Uh, they'll call you, and um, they'll pray with you. Listen, Pathway, I love you so much. You can hear God. I believe it. I believe he can. I believe your best is ahead. I look forward to the rally this week and, and then next weekend. God bless you. I love you. Have an incredible week.